0: Father, thank you for bringing us here yet once again. It's been a challenge for the last few weeks, Lord, but we know that uh, your timing is perfect. So, regardless of what we felt at the time, the frustrations or or whatever, we know that your timing is perfect and that the message that uh, you're going to give us this evening through your Holy Spirit Lord, will be right on time for each and every person that is here and for each and every person that listens on the Internet. Lord, bless this Bible teaching. Anoint your teacher, Lord. Give us all ears to hear, hearts to receive, Lord. And let your word be, be spoken into our spirits, into our hearts. Let it be seated. And uh, and all of it manifested in Jesus' name, Amen. So good evening. Tonight we are back at the dentist office. I love it here. This is great. This 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 traveling Bible study thing is is awesome. It's been a a crazy whirlwind summer. It's been a summer for all of us. I think of instruction, and especially for the teacher here. I've been I've been uh, just taught so many so many things of the Lord, and the Lord really deals with us. In a a personal way, uh, not just by reading, we don't, we're not just hearers of the word, but we need to be doers of the word, Amen. And the way that we do that, of course, is by dealing with situations in our lives and and uh, and all of the all of the challenges. You know, Jesus said that there will be challenges, but I'll be with you. You know, life will have it. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but there will be challenges. So the Christian life. You know, anybody ever you know told you that you're going to be a Christian, everything's going to be hunky dory, everything's going to be perfect no that 's not necessarily the case I, I really don't believe that 's the case. I believe if you 're living a if you 're a Christian and you 're living a life and everything 's perfect and everything 's wonderful, you better check it out because those of us that are true believers and followers of Jesus Christ realize we 're in a war, and war can get ugly sometimes so if you 're a christian and you 're just everything is just perfect, and the birds are always chirping where you are, and the sky is always blue and all of that, make sure that uh, you're following your faith walk right. I don't know, it just seems to me that, that, that following your faith walk and, and, and just, you know, all the time happiness just don't walk together. But that may be me and my little cynical attitude, right? But uh, anyway, tonight we are going to talk about some very interesting things. Uh, I want you to open your Bibles, if you will, to Matthew chapter 4 and Luke verse, uh, chapter 4. We're going to have some fun tonight because we're going to talk about words and the power of words. You know, if, if you were to listen to words that, 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 uh, that do, uh, uh, that, that make you think or that make, that bring up mental pictures. I was uh, with uh, my son David the other day and we were reading all the different versions of the word "danger" on the back of a computer. We were telling us not to open it, and it was just—it was hilarious because of all the different different pronunciations, and you know, and some of the nicest sounding words. But you know, you have to, you know, "danger." You know, you have to say them really strong. You know, <laughs> and some of these words, you know, in French and Italian, and and then German and Japanese—they just sound so interesting. So if I—if you think of words like "danger" or caution or you know watch out or that kind of thing these are all things that make you respond quickly um there's one word that is an authoritative word and that is halt now in preparation for this study i looked up the word halt and the word halt is used for so many different things. It can be used by police officer halt in the name of the law it can be used in computer programming and in computer software which is what i do halt Means stop. Stop the computer system. It, it, it's a it's the software halted. You know. It's also a mechanical term. Uh, so there, there's many different words, uh, and then you've got derivatives. You know. You've got halter, which is it, it restrains or it, it guides a a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean. So the word halt has many different meanings. Tonight we're going to use the word halt as an acronym. Okay. Uh, an acronym is one word that it. It, its letters stand for a series of other words. So when you take the word "halt, hALt, well, that stands for hunger, anger, loneliness, or being tired. So you're going to hear me say "halt" a few times tonight. So hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Uh, I, was, uh, I was with uh, Leo a while back here from the from the Bible study, and I was going through my my, uh, my little wilderness experience this summer. And Leo was driving me home from one of the studies or something. I forget if it was driving me home or, or what have you. But but he said, you know, he said, you know, brother, I, I just got a word for you, and it was, and, and he told me about halt. And he said, you know, it, it's usually used for recovery for alcoholics um, or for for drug addicts or for people who are going through 12-step programs or whatever. And these are the things that most cause you to relapse. But man, the Lord used that word. In my spirit, and I have been just chewing on it, and I've seen Leo several times since then. And unfortunately, we haven't been able to have a Bible study, and we've even had a Bible study or two between that time and now. And I've been telling him, "Dude, I'm gonna, i I'm, I'm gonna teach this halt thing." The Lord is just just giving it to me, you know, and just teaching me about it and just ministering it to me. And and really, so the, the, the study tonight is not only a study of, you know, oh yeah, let's go in there and let's look at the rhema and all that, but this is real life application, y'all. and This is a, 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 a teaching that you may want to listen to a couple of times and really get it into your spirit. So without further ado here, let's get into HALT. And uh, I am going to... Um, Edit this portion out of the podcast because I just—if uh, you have your Bible and you're listening to the podcast, I want you to listen. Uh, I want you to read uh, Matthew four one through ten, I uh, one through eleven, and Luke four one through fourteen. And within a second here, I'm going to come back after we read it here, and uh, and then we're going to uh, discuss it at length. So. If you've read this already now, since we've uh, paused and come back on the podcast, basically you see that it's the same story. But first, if you look in, uh, if you look in the, the story of Luke, in Luke versus Matthew, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, went out into the wilderness. I mean, he was anointed. He was, he was your basic Bible-believing, Spirit-filled Christian. So just because you're anointed doesn't mean that you can't be tempted, right? Okay, this is what it proved. It proved that Jesus that that when you're anointed, even if you're anointed, that you can be tested. It also says that and it says in and it says in Matthew that he was led of the spirit, which means not only was he filled by the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit then took him out into the wilderness. So God will take you out <clears throat> to test you. Okay? And it's not to see People mistake what a test really is. It's not a test that's like God's going to say, well, let me see what he does. God is the Alpha and the Omega. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what you're going to do before you do it. Amen. What he tests you for is so that you can see. Do you understand, and the scripture says this, do you understand that God created evil? Now, be- take your take your jaws off the floor. God created evil. He said he did it. He took responsibility for it. Do you realize that if we didn't have evil, we would never know what the goodness of God was? Correct. So that's why we get our tests and our tribulations, mm-hmm. you know. So some people say, "Yeah, well, you know, I wasn't Jesus. I'm not Jesus. I mean, I, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with all this stuff." You know. Um, turn to Hebrews chapter two, and in verse eighteen it says, "For having been put to the test himself, he is able to give help to others when they are tested." Mm. You understand? So Jesus has. Understand, folks, that <clears throat> when Jesus went to the cross, okay, it wouldn't have been a fair battle if he had gone as God. Yeah, you understand? Why do you think in the garden when Peter, when when the Garden of Gethsemane, when they came to get him, uh, Peter cut off the ear of the soldier, I mean, of the of the of the uh, of the lead of the of the high priest's uh, servant, and Jesus basically put the guy's ear back on. Oh wait, let me put that ear back on. Put the guy's ear back on and told Peter, cut it out, man. Don't you think that I could call down a legion of angels if I wanted it? You understand? But Jesus had to, quote unquote, play fair or play by the book. You see, God is so righteous, okay, even to the point of his only begotten son dying. Jesus had to die righteously, fair and square. You don't think it pained the heart of God to see his only son, you know, beaten, crown of thorns, nailed up on a tree? Don't you think that the father was just sitting up there, I want to send some angels down, I want to just, he can't. He's so righteous. He knew that the purpose set before Jesus was to walk fully as a man. You understand? So he had to. He had to. Um, he had to do that. He had to walk in our shoes and be tempted in every way. Now, how does that apply to tonight? Well, in this story, we see where Jesus, after he went into the after he went into the uh, the, the, the desert, he was hungry after forty days. Yeah. I- He was physically hungry. He'd been fasting for 40 days. You can tell that by the way he was talking to the enemy, he wasn't particularly pleased with what the enemy was talking to him about, was he? But he was angry as well. But he was angry righteously. He spoke back to the devil with the scripture. Notice that, and and we're going to talk about anger tonight and how we're supposed to deal with it scripturally. Because the scripture doesn't say, you know, you have a lot of people, you're a Christian, you're not supposed to be mad, man. No, that's not what my scripture says. It doesn't say to be and not be angry. But we're going to talk about that tonight. Uh, So he was angry. When the devil approached him and tempted him, I'm sure that being out there in the in the in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights was pretty darn lonely, don't you think? Okay, and also tired. I mean, I I, you know, unless he brought a you know a posturpedic mattress with him, I I don't believe he did. Didn't say anywhere in the scripture that he did. And the desert just wouldn't be 40 days and 40 nights. That means excruciating heat during the day and really really cold at night, doesn't it? You know, from what I understand about the desert. It's pretty extreme. So here we have the Savior Jesus being hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. How did he deal with it? The Bible says in it says in the in the uh, in the book of Luke that he after the devil had tempted him in all things, all things. So we we just touched on hungry, angry, lonely, tired. We don't know if he brought naked dancing girls. You know, we we don't know. We don't know. It's not mentioned in the scripture. But obviously, if if I, being a male, have been tempted with lust, then Jesus must have been tempted with lust. If you, a woman, have been tempted with gossip or with envy or what have you, Jesus must have been tempted with gossip and envy. You understand? He had to walk in your shoes. So when you see these things and you say to yourself, Well, I'm not Jesus. Well, you know what? He was you, so and he said, "You do the things I do and more, for I go to the Father." Which means we're supposed to live a life of being of being just like Him to the best of our ability. And when we don't, when we fall short of that, of course, God's grace is is sufficient to cover a multitude of sin. Does that mean that we should sin and just say, "Oh well, God's going to cover it"? No, of course not. But it certainly means that if we fall short, you know, He's He's there. Turn to Hebrews four fifteen. For we do not have a high priest that cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one, with a capital O, who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. You understand, he was tempted in all the same things, but he did not sin throughout those things. Does that make sense to everybody? Any questions? So turn to, turn to James chapter 4. If you look what 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 he did here in uh, in the in the in the two stories that we looked at tonight, when the devil came to him with temptations, okay, he resisted him. How did he resist him? He just spoke back to him with the word. You, know, you don't tell you don't you know? I, I used to tell people in counseling. Uh, Alina and I would, would would counsel people, and they would say, well, you know, I get these thoughts and 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 I you know and and and, and And I just feel like, you know, like this and that. And I start to think about it. And that's basically equivalent of the devil coming over and knocking on your door and saying, Hey, I want to talk to you a minute. What do you want to talk about? Uh, Your biggest concern. Really, what do you want to say? Instead of saying, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk to you about it. I, I don't worry about my concerns. My, my path, The path is the righteous is guided by the Lord. All these, no, we, we, we go over there and we talk to the enemy about our problem instead. Without realizing that here in James, it says, if we resist the devil, he will flee from you. Notice that in both cases here, in Luke and in Matthew, the devil left. And in one place, it just says he left. In another place, it says he left for a more opportune moment. Trust me when I tell you that the devil will be back. He's like the Terminator. I'll be back. And, uh, and that's, a, that's a, a, a thing that we need to understand about the enemy is that he is not going to give up. Okay, He's going to always come and try and tempt you into something. Just when you think you've overcome something, you ever been in the situation where you think, "Okay, I just overcame that. Oh, praise God, I'm free from that. I don't have that problem." And here comes something else to just take that place. You know what I'm saying? And that and that and that just that's just our our fleshly you know our flesh, guys. I mean, that's that's the renewing of your mind, the renewing of your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. When you, when you're born again, your spirit is immediately redeemed and it is immediately uh, purified and brought to life, and, and all of that. When you, when however, your soul, man, or your mind, will, and emotions, it it is uh, it takes a lifetime and it's concluded in the day of Jesus Christ. A friend of mine was. Uh, uh, always used to tell me, he said, Mikey, it, it, you know, it takes Jesus to, uh, a second to take you out of Egypt, but it takes him a lifetime to take Egypt out of you. you know, so let's, let's break it down here, and let's talk about this HALT theory. HALT. Hang, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. right? So turn with me, if you will, to Proverbs chapter 10. And in verse 3, it says, The Lord will not allow the righteous... To hunger but he will thrust aside the craving of the wicked <laughs> Wait a minute. okay now here in the United States we don't worry too much about hunger Yeah. I mean you know especially considering you know we got a little weight problem going on here uh, yeah. in the US you know <laughs> but the thing is that there's there's a couple of you know there's a couple of different hungers that I'm talking about here because hunger is not simply uh, simply food I mean, obviously, there is a component there, and if you're hungry, the, and this particularly goes to goes to fasting. You know, a word about fasting. Some people, I, I look at how people fast sometimes, and some people are kind of religious about the way they fast. Oh, I'm just going to fast on Friday. Well, why? Well, because we always fast on Friday. You know? Or I'm going to fast on, on Tuesday for two hours. Well, why? Well, because we're, we're all doing it. Or, or I, I, you know, I just want to do it. I just want to fast. Well, did you pray about it? Did you ask the Lord? Well, no, I just want to fast. Well, you know what? Chances are <laughs> that fast isn't going to go very well notice when jesus went into the wilderness he was called out there by the holy spirit he was led of the spirit and he was filled with the holy spirit okay and that was what enabled him see the things of the flesh are flesh the things of the spirit are spirit so if you're led of the holy spirit okay you know then you're going to then then you're going to be led of the spirit and your flesh god is going to give you the strength to when your flesh he says i'm hungry you're going to, your spirit is going to dominate and say, no, you know, today we're living by the spirit. Today, and I can prove it. If you go to Matthew 5, we're going to do some jumping around today. Okay. In, chap, in chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You want to be satisfied? Yeah. <laughs> Than thirst and hunger for the word. Jesus said here that in, in, in the in the uh, in this in this the, the story that a man shall not live uh, by bread alone. Right. Okay. Looking. Let's 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 look at John chapter six verse thirty five. Jesus said, "I am the bread of life. He who comes to me." Shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. you understand, so he is the bread of life, and what was Jesus called in in John and the Gospel of John chapter one? He is the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. God. you understand so Jesus is the Word, and he and Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me now that that in in certain in certain uh uh, religious groups is taken literally. Um, but what we're looking at here is the rhema of that and where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So to eat him is to eat the word, to 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 digest the word, to take a word and just chew on it for a while and say, wow, you know, that is what he means. That's what that means. That's, that's how I'm supposed to do this or that or the other. You understand? So hunger in the word halt, hunger, angry, lonely, or tired, stands not only for just physical hunger, okay, which could be a pretty motivating circumstance. How many people here get a little cranky when they get hungry? I know I do. Uh, But it also, if you're hungry for the word, which means generally when a person is hungry for the word and they know they're hungry, excuse me, they say, man, I got to go spend some time with the Lord. I really, I'm hungry for the word, man. I want to go spend time with Jesus. That's not the kind of hunger I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you're past the point of hunger and you're at the point of anger and frustration because, you know, you just haven't had the word in your spirit for a while. You understand? And when you you get angry, you don't handle it the right way. Which, of course, brings us to the A in HALT. Hungry. Angry, lonely, tired. Now we're going to talk about angry. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Ephesians, chapter four, verse twenty-six. And here Paul is writing a letter to the Ephesians, and he says, "Be angry and do not sin. You see, do not let the sun go down on your anger." Well, what does he mean by that? Well, first of all, if we get angry with somebody, I, I, uh, I had the misfortune. A few years ago of getting into a physical altercation with someone and I and that resulted in me getting in some legal trouble uh, and What happened was I went to something called anger management classes and anger management classes kind of like driving classes if you if you, uh, if you, if, you know if you break the if you take a stop sign or whatever they send you to driving school or if you you take a, a red light or a speeding or whatever. Well, the same thing. If you're if you're involved in a in a fight with someone or a physical altercation, and uh, and you are and you are uh, uh, taken to court for it, uh, part of your adjudication is to go to anger management classes to learn how to deal with anger. I'm not going to sit here and 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 dispute the fact of whether I had an anger issue or not because I can honestly tell you. I have had anger issues in my life. Uh, I do not believe that in this particular time I was necessarily dealing with an anger issue. But all things work for the good of those who love the Lord. And for me, I learned some serious, serious things in this anger management class. And a couple of things I learned I want to share with you tonight. And one of them was to respond and not react. And there's a big difference. You know, instead of when somebody says something that you don't like and say what are you what are, how dare you say that to me stop for a second take a deep breath not so you can belt them one across the head okay i'm getting ready no it's so you can stop take a deep breath and say to them now wait a minute did you just say to me xyz you understand and then if they say you bet your sweet patootie i did i said blah 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 and they repeat the whole thing then back your arm up at no i'm kidding you, th- you know yeah, <laughs> And give them a Holy Spirit filled kick in the tail, right? No, no. We call it the right hand of fellowship. (laughs) Now, (laughs) yeah, be, be angry and sin not. The first thing, I'm going to teach you how to deal with it. Okay, let's, first of all, and you've heard me talk about this before, you don't need to turn there. In Proverbs 18.21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Oh, yes. Okay? And those who love it, or indulge in it, as other translations say, will will eat its fruit, or will eat the fruits of it. You understand? So, the first thing that you need to do is, I mean, and, and that goes to, I mean, even to little silly things, you're driving down the street and somebody cuts you off in traffic. Now I'm a blind guy, I don't drive. So some of you may be listening, yeah, that, that, that's easy for you to say blind guy. That's not a little thing to me when I'm trying to get to work. You know, and there's 15 people keep cutting me off in traffic. You know, the reality is that, I mean, somebody cuts you off in traffic. First of all, just speaking speaking with wisdom, this is not the day and age to stick your head out the window and make certain gestures to that individual or say anything, okay, because you got people that'll just decide to just take out a gun out of their glove compartment and give you the right hand of fellowship. And make you go see Jesus real fast. You understand? So in the practical that's not necessarily good, okay? But also, I mean, let's just talk about, okay, so let's just say that 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 you don't do that, okay? Or, or that you do do that, and the guy doesn't pull out a gun. But what does it do? It leads to just a bad situation. You're sitting there, you're listening to your Holy Spirit, you know, you're listening to Hillsong and some guy, you know, you're, oh, I love you, Lord, praise you, Jesus. Some guy cuts you off in traffic. You moron, what's wrong with you? Did you get your license at Sears, you know, or whatever? walmart you know you know and all of a sudden now you're in a situation where you're getting into a verbal dispute with this person and what has it done you've allowed the devil to steal your joy you understand the the joy you were just getting the, the the bible says that the lord inhabits the praises of his people the same mouth you were just using to love the Lord, praise you Jesus, I love you Lord, thank you Father for your anointing, thank you for the job, thank you for the wife, thank you for the children, thank you for the family, thank you for what you've given me, thank you for my salvation, thank you for Jesus, oh you moron! You know The same mouth you were just using to bless, now you're using to curse? Turn with me, uh, Look at, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. <laughs> Okay, and go down to verse 29. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear. Now, I want to go back here. Go back, go back here. We're going to break this down. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Okay, which means respond, don't react. Okay, so think about your words before you say them. But only such words as is good for edification according to the moment. Now, hold on a second. Let's think about that for a minute. So now your significant other does something that really ticks you off, okay? Is this usually the moment to talk about it? Of course not. Now, if you stay quiet, okay, you're giving them the silent treatment or you're giving her the silent treatment, right? And if you say something snide or something, you know, about the particular issue at hand, okay, then you're also, you know, could be interpreted as snide or, or, or condescending or patronizing. But if you answer them with the word, I can't believe these stupid bills, da 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 da, or my boss is an idiot, I have that word on my mind today, my boss is a dodo, my boss is a whatever, or that person cut me off in traffic. Now, are you to, of course, join in with that person? <laughs> Say, yeah, you know, I, I saw your boss last week and he did look like that, he did look like ever," But no! No, honey, you know, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. You know, God is in control. you understand why? That it may give grace to those who hear. Now, understand, even if that person says to you, What are you, stupid? You're always doing the same thing. You're always this and that or the other. Or you never do this. Or You know, my, my wife and I have, 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 uh, have changed the way we talk to each other because everything in our relationship before used to be you always always you never never you understand well no a lot of the time okay well then then let's let then let's give credit where credit is too it's not splitting hairs y'all if you're telling your significant other who quote unquote cares about you you never or you always do this negative thing or that negative thing What are you telling them? You don't care about me. I don't think you care about me. I know you don't care about me. And this is why I'm treating you this way. Instead of acknowledging, say, you know, there's so many times that you do this or that. If someone truly cares about you and they care about your opinion and they care about your feelings, okay? They are not, it does not require you walking away from them in a huff and them seeing just how angry you are. For that to, people don't change for that reason. People don't change because they ticked you off. They may change temporarily because really do you get and, and and this and this makes sense if you think about it. Do you obey God because you fear him? <laughs> or do you obey God because you fear him? Wow. God, you're so awesome. What you did for me, the things I, I can't help but love you. I can't you loved me first. I can't help but obey you or at least try to obey you. And when I fall short, you know, try more, try to do it better next time. You understand? And this is the same kind of love we're supposed to model for one another, okay? So we won't belabor the point much more. I think it's pretty clear. Be angry and do not sin, right? But now this the second part of, uh, of the uh, of Ephesians 4.26, don't let the sun set on your anger. Well, why is that? Well, first of all, you know, I, I have a problem with husbands and wives and 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 this is something i can honestly say about my marriage is my wife and i even if we've been angry at each other um we usually 99 percent of the time have stayed up i think there have been once or twice where we've gone to bed angry with each other and we still sleep in the same bed i am certainly not into oh i'm gonna go sleep on the couch or oh you sleep on the couch because i just can't stand to sleep hey listen you know, there there were times in my marriage when we first when we first got married that it was just like you know we we'd stop in the middle of the fight and say, now where where is this going? What what are we gonna go? Are we gonna go to the divorce lawyer on Monday? <laughs> you know, no, right? Well, then then if we're not gonna go to the divorce lawyer on Monday, Tuesday, or, <laughs> Tuesday, she says. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Lord, you're gonna have to, Lord, you're gonna have to do a miracle in these ladies. I'm just not into that. I really believe that 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 if you have a problem and if you allow the sun to set on your anger, what you're doing is you're giving the devil a foothold. Okay, if you put a seed on a napkin and you put water on it, okay, you wake up the next morning, chances are that seed has already sprouted something. You see, so if you can put that issue to bed, put it to death, say, is it really that big a deal? You know, turn, turn with me to Proverbs 15.1. It says, a gentle answer turns away wrath... But a harsh word mm-hmm. stirs up anger. Yes, it does. Yes. Okay. It does. Mm-hmm. So again, back to what we were saying before. Sometimes it's not, you know, and especially with us guys, we wanna figure well wait, 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 baby, wait, wait, wait. No baby, wait, 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 baby. You know, wait, wait. We're gonna talk about this right now. I don't wanna talk about I'm emotional right now. I don't care, we wanna talk about this right now. We're going to talk about, no, we can't do that. And believe me, I'm the king of that. I, I've, I've gotten a lot better by God's grace. But it's a it's a matter of being able to walk away and say, you know what? Our relationship is is much more important to me than this temporary setback that we're dealing with right here. Do you think Jesus thought Pontius Pilate was, was absolutely right? When he washed his hands with him? What, just in his whole demeanor, in everything he did. Do you think that he thought the lead priest was right? You know, the, the, the head priest was right. You see, but Jesus didn't accuse them. They were accusing him. He had every right to say, wait a minute, what you're saying about me just isn't true. I'm the son of God, man. I came to save the world. I came to set you people free. What's wrong with you? Haven't you been reading the Psalms? Haven't you been reading the book of Isaiah? Haven't you, you know, what's wrong with you people? Jesus, Jesus could have stated his own case, but he waited because he knew in his wisdom that ultimately he would make people understand and the scripture says that ultimately even the nation of israel will understand and they will say lord lord amen Amen. so that is that is very very important to us i mean it must have been very difficult for jesus and sometimes anger okay will lead you to our next letter in the word halt which is loneliness sometimes even if you're not at fault, um, or if you are at fault, anger means to separate yourself for just a little while. Um, recently, oh, it, it, it's it's in the last year, my wife and I um, have had an argument, and, and, and I'm sure that none of you folks who are married have arguments. Um, you know, you guys are perfect, but, you know, we're always under attack from the enemy, so that's our excuse, and that's what I'm saying, and I'm sticking to it. Um, now, I mean, you know... We've had our disagreements, and, and my wife and I have learned sometimes when, when the kitchen's too hot, we just separate ourselves for a little while, onto the Lord, whether it be for a couple of hours or for a day or so, and we really do literally separate ourselves. We, we take the kids to Grandma's house or whatever, and we go into our prayer closet, whether that be, you know, one of us goes to one side of the house and the other one goes to the other side, or one of us goes to spend some time in, a, you know, if, if I go on a business trip or whatever, and, and, I, and I can spend some time in a hotel or, or whatever by myself, and, and she can spend some time. I mean, we have had some pretty intense arguments and come back with such wonderful revelation of the Lord. And of course, you know, the, the members of our family that, that, that see this, they're freaking out. Oh, man, you know, are you guys going to get a divorce? Are you guys going to split up? It's like No, not at all. No, I mean, there is nothing wrong with separating yourself onto the Lord if that's truly your intent, okay, to separate yourself and hear from the Holy Spirit. You understand? And it says here, if you turn to Psalm 68, verse 6, it says, God makes a home for the lonely. He leads out the prisoners into prosperity. Okay, only the only the rebellious dwell in the parched land. Okay, so, I mean, when you separate yourself for purpose of just dealing with a situation, sometimes, sometimes God needs to take us outside, not to beat us up. You know, so, oh, the Lord took me out to the woodshed. Boy, did he deal with me. You know, the Lord has shown me some very... Difficult things in my life for me to deal with. Some very hard and painful truths about myself and about the way I treat people and the way I've treated my family or my 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 uh, my wife or my ex-wife in the past and and things of that nature. Um, and uh, my ex-wife after, after I got saved and he started showing me, see, you did the same thing back then, and now you're bringing that part of Egypt back into your relationship. And is that God reminding me of my sin? No. It is simply a revelation of, Calvo, this is the flesh, and you need to get rid of that through the power of my Holy Spirit. It's not God. See, what people think that, you know, oh, God doesn't remember our sin, it means he doesn't count it against us. That God's not going to, oh, you used to do that, so now because you're doing that again, I'm just going to bring it all back, and you're going to have to pay for it all. No. All the sins you've committed, in your life have been forgiven. Okay, the day you became a believer in Jesus Christ. However, there are times that the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance, and a lot of, and I I get very frustrated with a lot of evangelicals that say, well, the devil was bringing my past back to me. Well, really, well, why? Well, just because I was sitting out at the happy hour. Well, really, the devil was doing that, man? You sure? You sure the devil was telling you? Really? I don't know, man. Have you prayed about that? Have you asked, hello, Lord, is that you? Maybe reminding me that, well, I was out there evangelizing at the happy hour. Oh, I only had one beer, you know. Or whatever and and i'm certainly not saying that there's a problem in a person in a christian having a beer okay i'm not i'm not like that i've been known to drink a glass of wine myself or two my problem is though that if that was a hook in your nose when you were in the world you shouldn't be out there doing it again you know and 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 i had i had issues with certain places that i used to visit when i was in the world you wouldn't catch me dead there today Evangelizing or not, you know, it, there's just there's just certain things that I will not do. You understand? So that so that I why <laughs> I, it it it's just not it's not right to go back to situations that are going to be, as they call in these in these uh, in these circles, triggers to certain kinds of behavior. Not to mention the fact. Let's turn let's turn uh, to Matthew 28, and it's <laughs> this is Jesus here. Lo, I am with you always. Did he say I'm with you sometimes? No, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, which the end of the age could mean the actual age or the end of your age, in which case you're gonna go back to being with him again, okay? But so you're with him always. So if you go back to that old behavior, come on, Jesus, let's go to the booty shake club. Let's go to the strip joint, Jesus, come on. Let's go evangelize at the happy hour. No, you're not going to do that. You know, th- this is also really important to remember that Jesus is always with us when we're lonely. You know, sometimes we go to these old things because this is where we accepted, where we were accepted. I, I, I wrote my uh, testimonial a while back, and you can read it on our, on our homepage. And I said that the only places I ever found acceptance or I felt I found acceptance was in the music industry, in the gangs and in the uh, drug business back when I was growing up in South Florida. Okay. And sometimes, you know, that was the only place where I felt the love, man, you know. So, of course, if you're feeling, you know, you're looking at all these Christians, you just get saved. You're looking at all these Christians. I'll never attain to that. God, I can never. I'm, I'm. I still have those bad thoughts, Lord. I still have those desires. I still have... Listen, you're going to have those desires. Sometimes we get saved and that those desires go away like this. And sometimes they go away like this and they're gone for 10 years and all of a sudden they come back 50 times stronger than they started with. You know, and that's called the faith walk, y'all. That's just the way it is. And the fact is that when those times come, you feel so lonely. Over this summer, I really... Uh, God in my flesh about things. I, I got obsessed with my job. Our company um, has been growing. Praise the Lord. The vision that God has given me for the company and the and the and the blessing that He's given us to the company uh, has a, a burden along with it, and that burden is that there's a lot of responsibility there. And, but, you know, what I've, what I've learned is the more responsibility I have, the more time I need to spend with him so that he can give me counsel, that he can give me direction on what I need to do. You understand? Because what ends up happening is you end up feeling lonely. You end up not understanding because all of a sudden, your best friend, Jesus, isn't with you anymore. You don't feel him. And you, you, you don't know, you know, you don't, you don't know what to do And you just burn yourself out. Which brings us to the last word. The last letter in HALT. Almost done. Which is T. We've got HALT. H-A-L-T. Hungry. Angry. Lonely. Tired. When you're hungry for the word, you get angry. When you're angry because you don't have the word, you stumble. You fall. You hurt. All of a sudden you find yourself alone. Because God can't be with you because there's sin in your life. You understand? And God, if God didn't, if God abandoned his only son on the cross, or he said, Father, where, where, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? You understand? And it's not that God forsakes you. It's that God can't look upon sin. So if you're angry because you were hungry, because you didn't get feed yourself with the word, then all of a sudden you become lonely. You understand? And ultimately that results in what? It results in you becoming tired. But Jesus, praise his holy name, in Matthew 11:28, 28, has an answer for us. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Wow, I will give you rest. But sometimes we feel so bad that we that we have done what we've done, or that we've 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 ruined our our uh, our testimony so bad that we just, I, Lord, how could you ever receive me back? I'm the I'm the prodigal. You could never call me son. Or daughter. But let me tell you, just like the prodigal son and his father, the Lord is just sitting there waiting for you. You understand? Here it says, come to me. Come to me. When you're angry, when you're out there, God is not going to come looking for you. He's just sitting there waiting for you. He's not going to shut the door in your face. You know, when, you're, when you've are when you had a, an argument with, with your significant other, or a good friend, or a family member, or your parents, or even your children, and, and you come back and you say, wow, I wonder if they're going to receive me. I wonder if they're going to... When I go and I, and, I, and I put my heart out on my sleeve and I say, you know, are you going to forgive me or can you forgive me, please? Are they going to turn their face away from me? Are they going to say, no, I'm not going to forgive you? But see, that's what people do. That's not what God does. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. You understand? And I will give you rest. I will give you forgiveness. You understand? In Isaiah 41.10, it says, do not fear for I am with you okay do not anxiously look about you for I am your God I will strengthen you surely I will help you surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand when you're tired when you've when you've when you've had it and and my situation was over over the summer I got so enthralled in what I was doing with the company so uh, uh, just so you know busy meeting with people and traveling to conferences and this and that, that I got so far away from the Lord that i it was very difficult for me to find my way back to that place spiritually. I was just out there in the wilderness going, Okay, I was literally a blind man, spiritually blind, looking around going, How do I get back? Lord, where are you? And I wouldn't hear him. I wouldn't feel it. It was the most horrible thing for me because I, um, I know the Holy Spirit is with me. All the time. I don't pick a time to pray. I don't, oh, I'm going to go into my prayer closet now and spend 15 minutes with the Lord and then go be with the rest of the world and God, I'll put you back in your little bottle and that's the end of that. I'm with the Lord. You know, At least I feel His Spirit with me all the time. And when he is not there, I feel it. And in this particular case, I got so far out there that not only was I angry, I mean, I, got, I would get home from a trip and I would be tired, okay? And I would be, not necessarily hungry, I would be angry, I would be, you know, I would, of course, I'd miss my wife and, and, my, and my family, but then you get there and, and, you know, I've got little ones and they're screaming and yelling and, you know, and all of that, and you find yourself with being very short You know, and my wife, God bless her, and throughout the whole summer, she did not give me one bad. Just she didn't. She didn't snap back at me. And let me tell you, I would have snapped back at me. Hey, dude, get your attitude in line. You know, and and to me, that was a that was a a a a beautiful display for her to show me just the love and the grace and the mercy, for me during this time that God really was dealing with me and teaching me and showing me. If we go to Isaiah forty. 29 he gives strength to the weary and to him who lacks uh, who lacks might he increases power so again all you must do is go looking looking look here in ezekiel 34 15 i will feed my flock that's god talking and i will lead them to rest declares the lord the lord god now what did um what did jesus say to Peter when he said Peter do you love me Peter said you know I do what did Jesus say feed my sheep he said I will he said but Peter do you love me he said you know I do he said feed my lambs you understand we are God's children there is no need for us to strive. It is a very difficult time we live in right now. Okay, there's a lot of bad things every day. We 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 turn on the TV. We 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 uh, we see things that are just freaking us out. Banks closing. You know, uh, oil is 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 uh, going up. One day it's at one hundred and thirty dollars a barrel. One day today it was at ninety two. You know, today was at $92 a barrel, but gasoline at the gas pump was 5 bucks a gallon. Go figure. You know, in certain parts of the country. You know, you've got hurricanes, you've got the people over in Texas right now that got their... You know, there, there's, no, there's no doubt that there's some serious things going on. And as I was telling somebody a couple weeks ago, in Psalms it says, Though a thousand may fall to your left and ten thousand may fall to your right, nothing will happen to you. And I'm paraphrasing just a little bit. I'm using the Bible according to Mikey. But the thing is this, if you think about that, get a mental picture of standing in the middle of a war, guns going off all around you, people dying, literally losing their lives to your left and to your right. A thousand people over here, 10,000 over here falling down dead. you are I mean, you're going to definitely feel like you're next. But the scripture says that nothing will happen to you. I'm going to close it up with the book of Proverbs, and this is, and I think that this kind of hits to the, the point of, of 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 this whole of this whole time we live in right now. In twenty three four, it says, "Do not weary yourself to gain wealth; cease your consideration of it, folks." It's not by, my. Might or my by, by my strength, but it's of the Lord. I've said this before, I'll say it again. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given unto you. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, or any of the above hungry, angry, lonely, or tired all of these things will separate you from Jesus, all of these things will separate you from your first love. And ultimately can lead to your spiritual destruction and your physical destruction as well. Don't be hungry. Don't be angry. Don't be lonely. Don't be tired. God knows what you've been through. He's walked in your shoes. And He, and he says, come with me. I know a better way. Let me lead you down the path of righteousness. Those who follow the Lord, He's going to make straight their path. The path of the righteous is directed by the Lord. Amen? Amen.